Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S code SUPER24. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Did you grow up with the NES, PlayStation, Star Wars, cartoons, and ABC TV? Do you like to think who would win in a fight between Batman and the Master Chief? Comics, games, movies, music, and TV. They're gonna tell you everything you need. Superheroes or nothing got your back. They're gonna save the world of geeks. are back and it is another review episode uh, as you can see obviously we didn't have a regular show on the monday as we sort of initially planned to have but uh birdman and i were talking uh with american thanksgiving going on there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of regular news that we figured we'd cover even weird news uh as some of the few stories that were here and there and everywhere everybody was already sort of talking about and we didn't really have anything new to spin on that uh as well as uh we had a gathering get together he and i uh it had been like over a month or so since we hung out and we sort of were catching up and doing some programming updates and figuring out things to do we watched the new doctor who special uh as well as sort of sat and planned out what our our finalized sort of scheduling is going to be for the rest of the show until the end of the year basically it's a very busy week uh after this week uh going into the second week of december uh, and then once that happens, we're basically shut down, save for pre-recording some uh, some stuff that we're going to be doing, uh, probably five or six extra episodes of either the prototype, Loose Cannon, or Future Imperfect that we can release over the holiday break into January and into maybe even early February when we're back in full swing at some point, uh, some point maybe mid to late January, early February. Um and we were talking about, oh, do we get a review show out the same week that we get a regular show out, or should we just make one longer review show? <laughs> That's probably, uh, what, you know, what made more sense to us at the time. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's time to come out. It's actually a day later than we expected, but that was because we had crazy blizzard snow squalls and stuff. I actually had power flickering in my place to the point where it wasn't really stable enough to record because it was just like, 
crazy 50 you know mile per hour almost 100 mile per hour winds and blowing snow to the point where we had to close all the windows because even keeping them open a crack even though it wasn't really that cold was enough to like blow snow inside it was terrifying <laughs> so uh yeah it just made sense to push everything back a day so here we are uh it's going to be pretty loaded so i'm not going to waste too much time with this but uh i will have a couple of reviews in here maybe two or three depending on uh, embargo dates and whatnot. Birdman is going to have uh, a heck of a bunch of them in here, actually. Uh, he's been you know, pretty much a review machine the last week or so, and it's just a matter of figuring out where we slot these things because we have stuff that we want to talk about before our holiday gift guide, which is next week. Uh, well, not during the week. It'll be about 10 days or so away from, from where we are here, maybe 12 days. And we wanted to make sure we'd have a bunch of stuff covered and for consideration for that. Now, beyond uh, regular games and stuff, we do a lot of times have different products this time of year, uh, either uh, smart home apps or smart, smart home devices, uh, high-tech kitchen gadgets, things that we can put in the gift guide. So uh, Birdman has uh, another product from Ninja in here. We're going to have uh, a, uh, a video doorbell review. Uh, from him we're gonna have the robocop rogue city video game review from him as well as rosemary's baby on 4k uh we've got a couple of reviews from canon here and then a few from myself so we're gonna sort of go through them pretty rapid fire and then i'll come back at the end close it out because we wanted to make sure we had something come out this week before uh we roll into the weekend where everything gets real busy for us uh hope everybody had a uh, happy and safe Thanksgiving if you were somebody celebrating in the States and didn't go crazy fighting somebody for a toaster or something at Walmart or Target. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to take just a quick break. We'll put a little interlude in here and head into the reviews and I'll come back at the end. Hey guys, this is Mike the Birdman here, here to talk about something really cool we got from our friends over at Tapo. I'm going to be talking about the D230S1 video doorbell. Now, I actually did review a set of cameras from these guys earlier this year, and they've honestly been a fantastic addition to home security, and just one of those things I'm really glad that I have around the house, you know, to make sure that the cats are okay, and just to make sure we have no creepy people lurking around the building. So, video doorbells are one of those things we've seen with like the Amazon ring doorbell and whatnot and with porch pirates and package theft being a pretty big deal in the last couple of years I decided I wanted something because let's say it's you know I've had more than a few packages grow legs and walk away from my particular building so when I got offered to review this I gotta say yo let's check this out and I am honestly very surprised at how easily this integrates with the original system. In fact, I have this thing up and going with my existing camera network within about five minutes. All you really have to do is go into the software, go to add doorbell, find the particular um, model you have, make sure that it's flashing. It'll connect to your network literally in like under five minutes. And as long as you got this thing mounted to the right place, it works fantastic. You can also set the different sensitivity so it can detect people motion. There's even an option where it can detect pets and vehicles. And you can play with all the sensitivity settings and how it sends you notifications. I have the Tapo app on my iPhone and my iPad, and it is a pretty neat way for me to keep... Um, 
monitoring when stuff like that happens. And I'm surprised at how many uh, delivery drivers actually are uh, smart enough to know to press the button. And there are built-in voice commands that you can hit with one tap saying, hi, I'm not here right now. Please leave the package by the door. Sorry, I'm not interested. Or if you really need to pull the panic button, you could pull, uh, you are trespassing, police have been called. But you can also create custom video messages or voice messages rather um, as well. I am tremendously surprised by how easily this was set up, how useful it's been. Um, the battery life is fairly fantastic, although because I live in a particularly busy part of my building, it is going off constantly, but you can change the notification settings and the sense sensitivity settings there. But uh, I do find battery life to be tremendously good. Now, that being said, um, one thing to note is not everybody is going to be comfortable having a video doorbell there. In fact, um, I have noticed some people just, they look at it and they're a little kind of cockeyed about it and other people will actively wave at it like they're trying to set it off. And I can understand privacy concerns, especially in 2023, it is what it is, but I do sleep a little bit safer knowing that I know who's coming to my door when stuff comes to my door. And this is something that I hadn't really thought about up until recently. I see this as actually a really nice piece of accessibility. You might be saying, Mike, what do you mean? Well, you have the option to use this as a two-way communications device. So for example, because I am an amputee, if I fell and I happen to have my phone, I could call for help using for this if someone happens to be passing by and, you know, have someone potentially come in and give me a hand that way. So that's maybe a unintended use for this thing. But ultimately, this Tapo video doorbell system, I really like it. It's really easy to set up. It does come with its own hub, but it easily integrates with existing systems and you can monitor monitor this thing from anywhere i do recommend getting a fairly sizable micro sd video card though so you can keep recordings it can record sound if you want it to or if you just want it to record plain video it can do that it can take pictures the video quality is really fantastic and super clear so really if you're in the market for a, a different type of video doorbell then I think you really don't have to go much further than this. Uh, this thing is fairly easy to find on Amazon. So again, this is the Tapo Video Doorbell Camera Kit. Totally check this out, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by just how useful this device can be for your home this holiday season. Ken Reels here, and welcome to my review for Catan Console Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Thank you to the folks at Dovetail Games and Nomad Games for sending me a code. And yeah, this is based on the board game from Asmodee Entertainment. I personally know the board game very well, and it's one of our go-tos when we have family gatherings with my cousins. This is played on the Nintendo Switch, however, it is also available on Xbox and PlayStation consoles as well. And it is a game of building and gathering resources faster than your opponents on a hexagonal grid. Each turn you roll two standard D6, six-sided dies, and 
that results in gathering resources based on respective settlement placements on the board. You buy, you trade, you exchange those resources to build settlements, towns, roads, and development cards. The development cards can range from giving you victory points, which you need to get 10 to in order to win the game, or bonus resources or even soldiers, which will assist you in moving the robber. The robber is a placement that moves and blocks other players from gaining resources on the space it occupies, and when moved, allows that player to steal resources from opponents whose settlements are on or attached to that respective hex. And yeah, this is one of the fun games. I actually genuinely enjoy playing this game a lot, and overall it's a fun game. However, this game on the Switch runs, sort of. Let me explain. Uh, it seems to chug frame rate wise during any bit of computation. Each square has a lot of just useless graphics that clearly are taxing the Switch. And even then those graphics would look bad during the 360 area, much less today. I had a single crash when I tried to load the credits, and the credits crashed the game. I don't see crashes on the Switch often. The most I've seen crashing on Switch is when I've played the Pokemon games, and those Pokemon games run like terribly. That's saying something, this game runs Badly. It has an extremely long opening animation just to get to the title screen, so much so that they actually have a skip prompt in the title sequence to skip it. And it's also a hold, so it's not like you can just press a button and it skips. You have to hold the button in order to skip the opening sequence. And the AI, honestly, is probably the best part of this game. They aren't brain dead, however, it does take long stretches for them to computate their moves. A full standard game with three AI opponents took me about an hour and a half to play through, and that's not bad. However, the button layout is full of multiple presses and holds, and it is very hard to keep track of what does what. I had many instances during multiple plays where I was going, what button does what? And had to press multiple things to figure out, oh, right, it's this. There is a button guide that's always on at the bottom of the screen. However, there's too many prompts. So they cycle in a fade out, fade in fashion at the bottom and it's too fast to really read every single prompt to remind you so you have to wait multiple times and frankly i don't like dealing with that however the switch version does have four player local support there are no private lobbies for the online functionality so it is only against random players it is cross play across all platforms which is good but 
without private lobbies, you can't really play with your friends, and that sucks. The Switch does not also have access to specific DLC, including the special seasonal content packs that come that are out on PlayStation and Xbox consoles. They will get the full-on expansions, which currently only include the Helpers expansion and a bonus championship maps pack that gives you the maps that were used for the world championship as well as a few other cosmetics. So would I recommend this game on the Nintendo Switch? Not really. But it's better than the mobile ports that were previously delisted which sadly isn't saying much. Down the line when there are sales and there are more expansions that are available I might recommend checking this one out. As it is currently, no, don't buy this. This is a waste of your money, especially given the price tag of it's 20 US just for the base. With the expansions, it's another 10. It, at least the expansions that it is available with the Switch, it, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it right now, maybe when there's a sale down the line, but overall, this was kind of a disappointment, especially given the fact that they were delisting the mobile ports and saying, hey, we're going to build these new versions from the ground up for the consoles, so it's not terrible. And to be fair, it's less terrible, but still terrible. However, I do appreciate the folks at Dovetail Games and Nomad Games for sending me a code. Basically, he was a geek, sir. Leave me alone, geek boy! Holy shit, you geeks are badass! Our friends at Kensington sent over a couple of interesting computer accessories that you might want to check out if you're into expanding the ports and connectivity of your computers, laptops, and Chromebooks. Uh, I'm gonna was gonna maybe do two separate reviews, but as we're getting close to the holiday gift guide, I thought, hey, there's a couple of these at different price points that I might want to talk about, uh, and they're gonna do some things the same there's gonna be a little bit of overlap but some are gonna be distinctly different and uh the two i'm talking about here actually in the past you probably heard me talk about the thunderbolt dock that they amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground 
cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. They released that'll be in our gift guide as well for the upper end of, uh, you know, gifts. If you're looking to, you know, get something for, let's say, like a workstation uh, or, or something, if, if you're, a, a, you know, a power user. Uh, and now what we've got is sort of the, I guess, middle tier or mid-range of, of what you might want from a docking station. And then I'll, I'll have another one to talk about at the end of this. Uh, so the first thing up here is the SD4840P. And what it is, is it's a USB-C 10 gigabit per second triple video driverless docking station. Uh, it is uh, a docking station slash, you know, used to call them port replica replicators, but it's, you know, now they're docking stations with uh, 85 watts of power delivery. Display port, HDMI. Um, it says, you know, officially Windows support uh, connects seamlessly to any laptop using Windows 7 and above, <clears throat> which means that obviously your mileage may vary if you're using it with Linux, but generally there's drivers and that if you're a power user, you can get away with it. <laughs> uh, now, What's interesting is it has two DisplayPort uh, 1.4 ports and one 2.0B port. Uh, now, it also uh, supports e it's dynamic. It depends on how many things you've got plugged in, but essentially, uh, it can support uh, single 4K 30 hertz display, dual 1080p 60 hertz, or three 1080p 30 hertz when connected to DisplayPort 1.2 device and with a maximum resolution of a single 5K display at 60 hertz, dual 4K at 60, and three 4K at 30 if you connect using a uh, DisplayPort 1.4 device. Now for the 85 watt power delivery, what that means is you can uh, quick charge any Thunderbolt 3, Thunderbolt 4, or USB-C enabled laptop. Uh, now the USB-C enabled laptop must support power delivery which pretty much most modern ones do. Uh, you can check, basically, if your laptop's power is, like, if you, you charge your laptop with a USB-C and you see the, uh, it's likely power delivery, you'll want to double check in your manual or it'll have that PD label with a lightning bolt next to it on the, the connector itself. And what that means is if your laptop takes uh, uh, anywhere up to 85 watts of power to charge and use at the same time, you can use this as a, as a pass-through to that, plus replicating all the ports that you need. Um, there is a, what they call a nine in one design, which is, uh, it has, uh, one USB-C 3.2 gen two port, uh, which means 10 gigabit port speed, five volts, one and a half amps of charging capability and power capability through that one USB-A. So traditional USB-A 3.2 gen two port, uh, with the exact same, uh, charging capacity for it, uh, at 10 gigabits per second. A combo audio port, which means that uh, it has microphone and uh, the headphone jack built in. So basically, if you have a headset you want to plug in, it uses the three-pole, uh, I think it's the three-pole prong TRRS connector. That'll work. And on the back of it, there are two USB-A Gen 2 ports, also 10 gigabit. Uh, there is a gigabit Ethernet port, two DisplayPort 1.4 ports, and a, a HDMI 2.0B port. Uh, you can either... Uh, mount it vertically or horizontally. It's got a three-year warranty on it. Uh, it is basically everything you would want in a proper like desktop solution. If you're somebody who primarily uses laptops for everything, 
um, and and you want to have something that you know clears up the clutter. You don't need to have a lot of other cables and things running around, and you want something just to have one connector to your computer, uh, to your laptop, especially for like the very thin laptops. Uh, you can just sort of sit this behind or, or near your monitor uh, and plug it all in and just have one little docking station for it, which uh, it, its profile is pretty small. It's not much bigger than one of those charging bricks that you get that has like, you know, 10,000 milliamp batteries. You see the batteries always all the time on like uh, Amazon or at, at Walmart or Best Buy. Uh, so it's actually got a pretty small footprint on a desk, which is, is good because the old docking station port replicators back in the day were these monstrosity huge things. Uh, also, uh, to note, if you've got a modern mini PC, one of those you know little little mini PCs that are like the size of the Intel Nook, they're getting more and more, more and more powerful, and some of them already have Thunderbolt built into them too, or USB-C obviously because it's a combo port on this. Uh, this is a way of giving you a whole bunch of extra ports that you might not have access to or might have limited access to on one of those mini PCs. So you might have one of those mini PCs maybe mounted on a VESA mount on the back of a monitor, and then you just have you know, a single cable running out from that, from that computer, could run into this on your desk, and then you have all the space and ports that you need to plug into on your desk there, plug your headphones in without having to reach out behind the computer and everything. So there's a lot of, uh, of use cases for this, great for students and so on. Um, it, it's something that is, you know, in it's not the most expensive thing out there but it is also not obviously the cheapest uh the thunderbolt high-end one was going to be obviously more expensive but for this it's got an msrp of 279 you're gonna find it cheaper it's just uh how it is you know how computer tech is so if you can get it any if you get it under msrp you're getting a good deal because even at msrp it's a pretty good deal overall for it the other device i wanted to talk about here is sort of like an entry-level thing. If you just need something completely portable for the go, uh, they have the G1000P, which is a USB-C mini dock. Uh, it's a single 4K video uh, with 85 watt power pass-through. So it still has that 85 watts of power pass-through if you have power delivery. Uh, what that means is um, if you, you plug this into the, uh, the charging port of your, uh, you can plug this into the charging port of your computer, of your laptop, if your laptop is powered by USB-C, then you plug the laptop's power supply, whatever the brick is, up to 85 watts, uh, into the other USB port on this, and it will pass that through while giving you the port replication. So that in itself is pretty good because what it does is uh, it ends up taking that one cable and it passes through the power uh, it gives you uh, a couple of USB ports on here. Uh, it also will then give you uh, 4K60 on a DisplayPort uh, capable device. Uh, it uses uh, HDMI. Basically, HDMI is the, is the connector, but the standard it's using is DisplayPort for the connector. The video output on it is HDMI 1.4. So everything you need to do to get up and running on a monitor um, or give you a second monitor even, because some... Uh, Chromebooks don't have uh, video out directly on the device. They to save money, they've reduced it by not putting a uh, HDMI port or even a Display Port on it. And what this will do is this will let you take uh, a lower end laptop or even a higher end one, but specifically stuff like Chromebooks, plug it in, have a plug and play solution that then gives you an extra USB port or two, plus your power pass through, plus a, a video output port 
uh, that you could easily unplug and throw into your backpack or your bag and, and go. Uh, it has an MSRP significantly lower because it just has uh, simpler capabilities. But it is something that you might want to consider if you've got a lower end laptop uh, or, or Chromebook. Uh, it's got an MSRP of $99. Uh, if you want to save on, on having to, you know, like these are features that maybe were out of the class of the laptop you were buying initially, or you just want to have something that is a little portable that you can take with you and put into any bag. It's so light. Uh, it does have uh, USB-C uh, through it with uh, five gigahertz co uh, connection speeds for data transfers. Uh, it, ha it does support one single 4K monitor at 60 hertz, which is good enough. Uh, and it also has a gigabit ethernet port on it. So if you're somebody who has a laptop that only had wireless and didn't have an ethernet port, and you want to connect into a wired connection, and you, it's a, it's a pretty much a no-brainer. There are other mini dock replicators like this that you see advertised on Amazon uh, from Chinese companies. A lot of times cheaper than this, but a lot of times they're just really low build quality. Uh, this is pretty solid. It's as good as any first-party adapter I've seen out there come out from like Apple or or if Dell or somebody's offering their own. It's as good as that, if not slightly better, because the build quality on it just feels a little more premium, and you know it's not gonna have any issues with doing the power pass through or give you any any issues whatsoever when it comes to full speed connectivity. Uh, so those are two different devices that might be something you'd wanna put. They're not stocking stuffers, obviously, as they're in the range of between 100 and $300, depending on which one you get and if it's on sale or not but they're kind of essential items for people that are maybe already getting a new laptop or a little mini computer or have been looking to expand upon them with not necessarily have to invest in a lot of money to replace them because we know how expensive computers have gotten lately. Uh, or if you just need something for like a dorm room or you need something for just the, you know, the little extra closet office that you put together or if you're not somebody who necessarily has a permanent setup with like a desktop PC workstation, but you got a uh, decent or entry level laptop even that just needs to get connected to a monitor and have a bunch of USB ports ready to go. Either of these is going to suit you fine. One is more for a permanent solution as far as keeping it more stationary or in an office space taking between maybe just your office and home. And the other with the, uh, the smaller footprint is perfect for just keeping within your laptop bag or backpack. Hey guys, this is Mike the Birdman here. I got something really special to share from our friends over at Ninja. They sent something over for our holiday gift guide. We're going to be talking about the Ninja Blast. This is a 16-ounce portable blender with a leak-proof lid and an easy-sip spout. And this thing does come in several different colors. So what this thing is, this is a cordless handheld blender that you can drink out of directly. And because it's that time of year, you're going to holiday parties, office parties, hey that time of year and uh, you're coming home from college, this is a great thing to have around whether you want to be making margaritas or if you're more health conscious like me and Blair, you're doing smoothies and protein shakes. Having this thing around certainly makes your life a little bit easy. Um, and this is a really cool thing to have if you're on a health journey because, well, like us, like I said, we've been on this super big health kick and protein is a very big part of our day. So having this portable blender with us that charges via USB-C means it's a lot easier to get a lot of our protein in because it mixes things up so well you don't get that weird 
granular taste that sometimes if you mix up a protein shake and you literally just shake it, sometimes it's just not as good as you would want it to be. Plus the fact that this thing is so portable means, again, you bring this thing to an office, you only have to run it for like 30 seconds or so, and it's super quiet. That's honestly what surprised me about this because you would think something like a blender would be tremendously loud. Uh, Blair has used this with me sleeping in the same room and nine times out of ten it actually doesn't wake me up which is kind of nice now you do have to charge this thing for a little bit uh the first time it says about uh two hours or so the first time you use it other than that it does charge pretty quick it is pretty powerful now something to note is and we actually made this mistake the first time so please read the instructions um there is no bottom of the actual drinkable container you might be saying well what do you mean don't detach the power base when there's a liquid in this or you're going to have yourselves a delightful mess on your hands. So that's when you probably want to either transfer this to a different container or drink right out of the whole thing. So yes, you do have a blender attached to your drinking vessel, but hey, it just means you can do it up even more if that's what you want to do. Now you can also pair this with a Ninja Creamy, uh, which you can use it to blend up your own creation and make your own homemade protein ice cream that we talked about last time on the show was like i said blair has somehow managed to make a wendy's frosty at home that i dare anybody out there to take the pepsi challenge because i'm pretty sure you won't be able to tell honestly this is such a really cool device the ninja blast portable blender is one of the coolest things that i've actually had a chance to use and uh it's kind of nice to have that option to have a well blended protein drink on the go and uh, I can charge it via my USB-C power bank so how's that for convenience once again check that out this is, that is the Ninja Blast portable blender and big thanks to Ninja for sending one of these over this is a fair request and I promise I will not judge any person only as a teenager and that this is no more right than saying all teenagers are drunken dope addicts or glue sniffers This is Mike the Birdman here. I'm here to talk about something we got for review from our friends over at Paramount Home Entertainment. I'm going to be talking about the 4K Ultra HD version of Rosemary's Baby. This movie came out during the 1960s and basically set up a lot of modern horror. And this is a story you've probably seen before where basically you're going to give birth to the Antichrist, witches, and, you know, Christianity's bad. It's a dark film directed by someone who without getting too far into it, is very problematic. If you want to get into it, there are tons of resources on it. We're going to leave it at that. That being said, this is considered to be one of the most historically significant horror movies uh, in modern memory, and I can't say that I disagree with it. However, though, my time with this movie, I did not enjoy it. I found parts of the movie actually to be quite, uh, quite good. Like, I really enjoy Mia Farrow. Uh, I think this is probably one of the few movies I've actually seen with her in it. And uh, I got to say, she's fantastic in it. I mean, from that alone, it, it's great. Um, her husband, uh, played by John Cassavetes, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name, uh, Guy Woodhouse, 
he's an evil douchebag. Uh, there's no other way to really kind of set it up. And other parts of the movie, you've probably seen these tropes before in like other different horror television shows, other horror movies, stuff that, you know, if you're around our age, you've definitely seen a thousand times before, but it pretty much started here. And my time with this movie, it was dark. Like I didn't enjoy this. I would almost call this uh, gaslighting the movie. And at one point, there's a scene of sexual assault I really don't want to get into, but I didn't like it. This is one of those movies where I think it's a one and done sort of thing. And it set the world on fire when this came out during the 1960s. It turns out uh, this is based upon a novel and there was a sequel follow up in the 1990s, which uh, attempts to continue the story of Rosemary's Baby. And uh, that is kind of stupid from what I read online, but that's neither here nor there. Now, to talk about the disc itself, the movie looks fantastic. It was filmed in Technicolor uh, during the 1960s, and it's a great look and transfer. I really don't have any major complaints. The sound is amazing on it. Although, um, looking at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that is on the second disc here, um, it looks appropriate to the time, although it's not like a modern special feature. You do get... Um, three special features. You get Rosemary's Baby, a retrospective, uh, Mia and Roman, and then you get two theatrical trailers, which I kind of just consider those whatever. Um, they're very weirdly disjointed. It almost seems like an old press package from the time. It's got some interesting info in there, but um, again, I just really wasn't into it. And I gotta say, Rosemary's Baby... If this is your jam, sure. Is it a movie I recommend people watch once to understand why it's historically important? Yes. But you're not going to have a good time. This is one of those things where you're really going to have to kind of know what you're getting into. it, and, and it does deal with some very heavy themes like sexual assault, Christianity, uh, the Antichrist at one point, and... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's just dark and depressing, so unfortunately, I can't recommend this as a movie. While I do recognize its historical significance, it's just not for me, and I really wish I had something better to say about it, but I really don't. So that is Rosemary's Baby from Paramount Home Entertainment on 4K Ultra HD. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. What are you talking about, guys? Eyes are normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. 
He came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father. Hey guys, Ken Reels here, and welcome to my review for Cuisineer. Thank you to the folks over at Exceed and Marvelous Europe, as well as the folks over at Battle Brew Productions for sending me a code for Steam. Now, this is a game that is only available on Steam as of right now, but they are planning a console release sometime next year. And I will tell you, this is going to be one of those games that is going to be on your radar if you are just a console player keep this on your radar because there's this is this is one of the good ones the dev team is battle brew productions they are based in singapore they're a 10 person team 12 people worked on this game i believe according to their website but there's 10 full-time employees at the studio and they're mostly a mobile dev team uh and this is their first huge like actual non-mobile game on their under their belt and for the most part they're it's really good um this was one of the big highlights for me during the summer games fest e3 not e3 event going on this last summer and i literally the second i saw this sight on scene knowing it was marvelous and i said hey alex ask for this game because i'm excited for this and they sent me a code about a week before release which very awesome very cool and a, and for the most part when i booted it up even in uh the early review process it was solid like i didn't have any major issues no glitches or anything that occurred during the review process the reviews period and then i took it some time and stepped stepped in during the 1.0 just for you guys to have a general idea on what 1.0 was going to be like and this game is one part restaurant sim and it's one part dungeon crawler now the restaurant portion is full of your standard diner dash like mechanics you make various foods using multiple methods while also keeping track of orders and various customer types to snag large tips. You invest your earnings back into the restaurant via various cosmetics, tables, chairs, light fixtures, etc. There's also a massive amount of debt that your parents drop on you as you take over the restaurant, and that goes across multiple th situations. And within this restaurant sim portion, you have various townsfolk that you help by acquiring ingredients or making dishes to gain new recipes to help strengthen your restaurant's variety with over a hundred recipes uh and at the time of my review i hit the final achievement which is for 68 recipes and the townsfolk are all cute animal designs uh the main character palm is an absolute adorable design that just pops and that's across the rest of the supporting cast. Uh, each town member has a different weekly schedule, so you need to be remembering what days and where in town they are, and that can be helpful 
as you play through the, that portion of the game. Now for the dungeon portion of the game, it is an isometric roguelite resource gathering portion. And you gather across four unique biomes, unique variety of cute enemies, ranging from leaf tadpoles, rotund chickens, little flower puffs, wheat warriors, various boar creatures that look like Pokemon actually. And the gameplay takes a lot of cues from Hades. So if you enjoy Hades, you're most likely going to enjoy this portion of the game. Now there's also a weapons and gear system. There are a various amount of different effects and movesets across like eight different weapon types with six different effect types. And you have a two weapon loadout along with a boot and glove slot that affects health each having a resource using upgrade system along with an effect additory system that you get through a brewing system by adding ingredients or recipes into a brew with an item to gain special effects on them and the potion system is a bubble tea system there are eight different bubble teas performing various healing and damage effects and they are also upgradable via resources and unlocked by creating various dishes. The backpack and belt system is upgradable via one of the rotating shops in town. There are two rotating shops in the town and those rotate across the week. So you also need to keep track of when the certain shops show up uh, during the time of the week. And your backpack holds your resources and your belt holds all your Bolties. As of uh, this recording, I've unlocked all of them. I've unlocked the full kit. So maxed out my belt, maxed out my backpack. And honestly, it's really hard to... If you unlock those in a pretty fair fashion, you're not going to be running out of space for resources if you play well. If you play a little more dangerously you could end up losing all of your progress because when you die you die and you lose a huge portion of all the resources you've gathered and you wake up back in your bed and have to go back on the dungeon crawling portion if you want to gain back all those resources you don't you have to acquire those resources again you don't just like leave them in the dungeon and you and it's a Dark Souls situation where you can just go pick them up again. No, that's not the case. You just lose them completely. There are multiple times in during my play where I have lost my resources and you're just like, ah, damn it, now I gotta go back in. Story progression is based on the debt system, the, the debt collection system. So the town has its Tom Nookie character who keeps piling up the debt that you have to pay off the last debt being over hundreds of thousand like over a, almost like a hundred thousand of the currency which is insane and honestly when you unlock your first achievement the first achievement that you're probably going to unlock is you can cook idiot sandwich and that kind of shows just how tongue-in-cheek 
this game is and how much fun the devs had making this game and playing with the world and its characters. Overall, like, my, I ran through about 20 hours as of this recording, primarily using a giant fish that would cause fire damage as bonus effect damage. And that's 20 hours barely scratching the surface of really what this game has to offer. And I expect I'm gonna end up sinking close to 100 hours by the time I consider my playthrough done. Again, this game is going for 25 USD, which is a friggin' steal in my opinion, and is available currently on Steam with consoles coming next year. Once again, thank you to Exceed and Marvelous, as well as Battle Brew Productions for sending me a cup. Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. All that thought, it's crapper time. A little while ago, uh, we reviewed some of the Kensington products that were uh, sent to us for their back to school fall line. And now as we're getting very close to our holiday gift guide, we're right now in Cyber Monday deals week. Uh, I wanted to talk about one of the products that I've been using for the last week or so. Uh, and I just that I've had a chance to just really put it through its paces. There's still more we're probably gonna have on the gift guide and, and maybe more on the regular show next week. But the first one I wanted to talk about was uh, the ProFit Ergo TB5500. I know it's a bit of a mouthful for the naming scheme, but it's a trackball mouse. Uh, and not just a traditional trackball mouse. I used to use a trackball mouse, oh, 20 years ago? I had one, it was late 90s, early 2000s, and I used to use them for first-person shooters on the computer. Uh, one of the ones, and the, the design is still out there for those ones where it's like, uh, it's like an elongated mouse that's it's stationary with a big red ball in the top center of it, and you sort of roll it around with your, uh, with the insides of your index, uh, ring finger and middle finger. And, you know, it's not as intuitive nowadays. I was really good with a trackball mouse back in the day. I, I swear to God, to the point where it was like, I was actually, it was more intuitive than shooters. Because remember, this is back in the day when uh, trackball mice were still, they weren't optical. They used the roller balls and that, and they seemed to be a little more, I guess, accurate, a little less prone to issues than what you had with the old uh, trackball mice in the, the bottom of the old PS2 mice. Uh, PS2 connector, not PS2 is in PlayStation 2. Uh, and I, I actually liked it. And then, of course, optical mice and laser mice came out and I stopped using it. And it's been probably 20 years since I had one. But this was a product that intrigued me because it's in a different form factor. It's in the form factor of a regular ergonomic mouse. Now, what's different about it is where your thumb would go, it's right-handed mouse. Uh, but where your thumb would go is the trackball. It still has the scroll wheel. And it has your left and right click plus... Uh, the forward and backward macro buttons, and then a DPI button on top, which also doubles as uh, you hold that down when you're turning it on to either switch between uh, Bluetooth mode or the uh, the 2.4 gigahertz uh, USB mode. Uh, and 
that's what's interesting. It has a little thing at the bottom, a little nub that you could take out and plug into your computer to make it 2.4 wireless, or you hold that button down when you turn it on and it turns into Bluetooth with the ability to pair two different devices. You can switch between them and it actually has an icon on the side of the mouse, little LED lights that turn on showing whether it's in 2.4 gigahertz mode, uh, Bluetooth 1 or Bluetooth 2. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, it's also one that has a built-in lithium battery and uses USB-C for charging. Not a ton of mice are doing that. Not unless you go into the much more like upper end ex expensive uh, line of like gaming mice or, or like super high end office mice. This is though a much more affordable mouse in that the MSRP on it is $69.99 uh, Canadian, which, you know, you're going to find cheaper, especially if you're looking for online deals. But, you know, at that price point, uh, I've looked around, I've seen some stores selling it, you know, about 10 15% off, maybe even more depending on if you do really good uh, digging for it. But what made this special to me is because it's a trackball mouse, but in that form factor, it takes up a lot less space than a traditional trackball uh, mouse. And it also can be used on things like the armrest of a chair or in a bed. Like I've got a couple different setups where I can easily use it. In the living room, I have a little computer hooked up to the television uh, where that, that is like my media center, or if I have to surf the net, or you know, if I want to do extended sessions on a big 65 inch screen. And I have usually a little tiny mouse that I have a, a mouse pad that I put down on the arm of the larger armrest of the chair, and you have to work within the confines of that little space to move the mouse around. Well, this lets me sit at stationary. I don't move the mouse at all, and I just use my thumb to move the mouse pointer. It's not going to be as accurate as a traditional trackball mouse was like for when I was saying I played like first person shooters and that you're not going to really be playing gaming with this unless you want to do like point and click uh, as it is it takes a little bit of uh, you know to get used to it you can't really just use your whole hand or palm on it you use your, just your thumb to move it around but you're going to trust the DPI based on that switch on the top of it and I found that for basic browsing moving around it was pretty cool the only thing that you have to get used to that's a little different and strange is scrolling because you use you know, your index finger or your middle finger to scroll up and down, but your thumb to move the uh, the cursor, it means that you are having to do two separate motions that you're not really used to pretty much anywhere to like, let's say click and then you can click and drag by using your index finger. But like, if you want to scroll while, while also holding down the, the cursor or moving the cursor while scrolling is kind of odd because you're used to moving your hand up or down with that uh, and then having to use the scroll. It's, 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 a little, it's a little bit weird, I'll be honest. But it did allow me to use a mouse in a place where space is very limited for moving it around. The other good factor for this is if you're using it in your bedroom. Like I again have, have a computer hooked up uh, in the bedroom as to, with my PlayStation and everything onto the TV. It's on the, mounted on my wall, and I used to again have to bring out a little mouse pad, uh, and and then bring out a, a small mouse, put it on the bed next to me, and then hope that I got good enough traction and it and it would work on the screen. With having a trackball mouse like this, it means you can place the mouse on any surface, uh, things that aren't like firm or, or plain or even like a bed would could be problematic because if you you know you put the mouse down next to you. And if let's say you move funny, the mouse might slide in a different direction on the bed and move your, your cursor across the screen. You don't want it to do that. 
with a, a, a trackball mouse like this, you can place it anywhere. You can place it on a pillow, you can place it on an uneven cover, and then it's just a matter of using your thumb to roll the mouse around anywhere you need to. So that's actually very useful in these cases. Uh, what's interesting too is that uh, it's got a pretty long rechargeable battery. Uh, it's made of 51% recycled materials, the actual mouse itself, and all the packaging for it was completely made out of like cardboard and, and, and paper that have been re recycled. Uh, it also came with instructions on how to replace the battery, user replaceable battery, which is another thing I noticed on the other products that they had talked about and shown earlier in the year. So it, it meets all the European standards and also it's forward thinking here in that it's completely user serviceable. Uh, and also to clean the, because it's a, it's a optical trackball mouse, is there's no rollers to get nearly as gunky and dirty, but if you need to clean it, on the bottom of the uh, the mouse, you lift, flip it over, there's a, a, a button that you press and you push in with your finger, and it's actually an ejection module that pops the roller ball out so that you can easily clean uh, if you get uh, crumbs or, or you know dust and debris or even just the oiliness of your, of your fingers uh, get on the, the roller. You can you take the ball out, you know, wash that under a sink or something with soap and water, and then you could uh, you know wipe down and use an air duster or whatever on the optical sensors for the the trackball itself uh very good very lightweight uh feels good quality it's actually a solid mouse so if you're looking for something that you know you have limited space to use especially if you've got like a dorm room or something if you're not playing like a lot of gaming and you just need it mostly for work uh and, but you maybe have like a very tight space to work with and you don't you know you got a laptop but you don't want to necessarily use uh like let's say like the you know the the trackpad on the on the uh, laptop itself or you want uh, or you have a desktop or, or like a thin client or something or you're using it on an armrest or chair or bed or whatever and you have limited space to move a mouse around or it's not convenient then you might want to check out this uh, ergo trackball profit from kensington because it's one of the better mice out there that i've seen that's covering a different space that not a lot of people are making mice that are this hybrid style in that it's yes it's the traditional trackball but fitted within what's more of a standard ergonomic mouse uh it won uh, uh an award from the uh red dot it was a red dot winner for 2023 uh, and it had a bunch of uh other uh you know nominations and praises from some of the other trade shows so that's pretty cool uh i'll put a link in the description for this you might want to check this out uh, I'm actually going to use it as sort of a mainstay for uh, the media mouse that I'm going to use like in the bedroom or in, or in the living room. Uh, I'll probably, for the most part, still use one of my other mice, maybe something else from Kensington, on uh, my computer if I'm playing games. But as far as like for media, like for media center use or for office use, it's actually very, very uh, cool because it does free up a lot of space and cures a lot of the issues that you might have when trying to use a mouse in a non-conventional uh, workspace. All right, clear out. What are your prime directives? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. That's good. Huh? <laughs> huh? Hey guys, this is Mike the Birdman here, and I'm here to talk about something I am super excited about. We got this from our friends over at Taon and Nikon. I'm talking about Robocop Rogue City. For those of you who have been following the show since about 2007, it is no secret that Robocop is one of my favorite franchises 
of all time. I can probably recite the first two movies almost entirely from memory. Each bit of dialogue, every scene, the RoboDoc, all that stuff. I know RoboCop inside and out. My favorite fictional weapon besides the M41A pulse rifle is RoboCop's iconic Auto 9 based on the Beretta 93R machine pistol. You might say, I know a little bit about Robo. So when I found out this was gonna be headed up by the same guys who did Terminator Resistance, I gotta say, I felt this project was in tremendously good hands. So RoboCop Rogue City takes place between RoboCop 2 and RoboCop 3 and actually is a pretty cool story that I would love to see done uh, maybe in a different format as well, maybe as a comic book, but, but having it done as a video game with Peter Weller coming back to voice uh, Robo aka Alex Murphy. That's pretty awesome. It would have been nice had they got Nancy Allen to come back as uh, Ann Lewis. But uh, overall, I really can't complain about this. Like, this is such a fantastic game, and it really is the best RoboCop licensed game ever. Like, it looks the part. It feels the part. You feel invincible as RoboCop. Yeah, you can still die if you take a lot of damage. But, you know, you just, you feel like this metallic cybernetic soldier going out there and upholding the law, protecting the innocent, and serving the public trust. It's so badass, but you could, but you can also do side quests to uphold the public trust. Like you might help solve a drug deal. You might help solve a murder, which, you know, even has references to the first and second movie with that sunblock 5000 or whatever it is. There's just a lot of bits of lore that are sprinkled in throughout this that really leads to the authenticity and I think whenever uh, a company like Taon gets a hold of these 80s uh, properties like Terminator and Robocop there is such a clear love for the IP they want it to feel authentic the game itself if I did have one complaint about it is I wish skill points were distributed a little bit faster so you can totally power up robo to his maximum uh level of efficiency um that would be pretty cool um i would maybe say i wish there were more dialogue options which actually really surprised me you can actually have dialogue options that will affect different outcomes later on i'm not saying it's like fallout or mass effect levels of involvement but I was so pleasantly surprised by the level of care and detail with this. And just, again, this feels about as authentically RoboCop as anything I could possibly have ever asked for. And I did not think in 2023 I would be playing out my childhood fantasies of playing RoboCop in a game that feels not just like another side-scrolling beat-em-up with some occasional shooting action. No, this is great. And the fact that you can approach different scenarios with different tactics, like there's one section very early on in the game, you have to interrogate a guy. You don't have to hit him. You don't even have to shoot him. Just break stuff to raise his heart rate and he'll eventually give up the goods. And the fact that the bad guys for this tie into the lore of RoboCop as a whole, it's friggin' awesome. I was so impressed when they revealed who the new guy is i was like okay that's clever and even when you get to the big bad of the game it explains things that lead into robocop 3. i am literally 
if it wasn't for Spider-Man 2 and probably a few other titles this year, this might even be my game of the year. And I know that's really high praise and probably not even, you know, deserving of that. But this is definitely... The reason it ranks so high for me is because of the love of the IP. The gameplay suits it. It works. Uh, I do wish there was a new game plus. Maybe uh, they'll do something like that down the road. There is some DLC for this. Uh, I bought the Robocop 2 DLC, which makes me look like that uh, metallic blue you see in the second movie. But there's some other cool stuff too. Ultimately, Robocop Rogue City is one of the best licensed IP games I've seen in a really, really long time. The only other one that even comes close to its level of love of the IP is, I'm going to say Spider-Man 2, because clearly Insomniac loves it, but they have a much higher budget, and it's just, it's Marvel, right? So everybody loves it. Robocop's a little bit more niche, but for those kids who grew up in the 1980s, and loved, you know, that over-the-top violence, that ridiculous cyberpunk dystopian future, this is your jam. So, really, the last two games these guys have done with Terminator Resistance is an absolute must-buy. Robocop Rogue City takes what they did there and improves upon it. I can't wait to see what these guys are going to do next. Maybe we'll get a Die Hard game. Maybe we'll get something from Universal Soldier. That would be really, really cool, by the way. But no, seriously, Robocop Rogue City. Pick this game up this holiday season. You will not be sorry. And uh, as the guy might say from the TV, I'd buy that for a dollar. Reed. Yeah. He needs a car. Thank you. Sure. Any time. Oh, yeah. Go get him, boy. This is Mike the Birdman here. I'm here to talk about something really neat we got from our friends over at Ninja. I'm going to be talking about the Ninja Foodie Power Mixer System. This is an immersion blender and a hand mixer combo. So this thing has a 650 watt power base that allows you to switch between attachments really, really easily. So you can whisk, you can mix, you can whip, and you can blend with one convenient appliance. So this thing also stores away super easily. It has really compact attachments that are dishwasher safe. So if you're like me, you don't like to do dishes that makes cleanup super easy and the immersion blender is really cool because my wife loves to make soup it's a annual tradition around here and since we used to test drive a lot of cookbooks one of our favorite recipes actually comes out of the pokemon cookbook which is known as Daramaka soup or aka vampire soup because it's going to keep away vampires it is pretty, pretty cool. Now, another thing that you can do with this thing, I haven't owned an egg beater in years. 
And usually when Blair does baking, I get the job of whisking. I get like a bowl and a spoon and well, better find something to watch on YouTube because I'm going to be here for a while. Not anymore. Now that she's got this, it makes my job, well, virtually non-existent. So while I've been put out of a job, it certainly makes things a lot easier. And it's really cool just to have this because it makes a lot of holiday baking super, super easy. We've done some cookie recipes. We got some soups are going to be made later on this week. I know the first thing we made was raspberry cheesecake thumbprint cookies, and it's pretty awesome. And this is something that we've seen, again, in the bariatric communities as something that really works well with the other thing that we reviewed the other day, which is the Ninja Creamy. And I'm really surprised just how well a lot of the Ninja products work for people who basically want to have an easier time in the kitchen because, you know, TikTok has exploded, Pinterest and Instagram. So everybody thinks they're going to be on MasterChef. But by having devices like these in your kitchen, it's actually pretty easy to do a lot of these super complicated things now because you're going to have the right tools and you're going to be able to clean up super easy afterwards. So you're not spending hours upon hours in the kitchen as well. And by having a thing that's so many different devices in one, you're going to save on counter space. And, you know, we all live in smaller apartments now and have smaller kitchens, so space is usually at a premium. So you're going to be asking, do we recommend the Ninja Foodie Power Mixer System? What I said is the immersion blender in the hand mixer combo. Yeah, you're going to get a really powerful appliance in one space. You're going to get something that can do so many different things. And it's going to open up so many options for healthy living. Especially, like I said, if you're willing to look on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest, you're going to find so many combos. So if you have ever wanted to try out something to be that master chef, this is actually pretty kick-ass. So, And especially if you look around right now, you are bound to find some of these on sale for Black Friday but I am almost assuredly you'll find these for sale during our holiday uh, gift guide coming up in just a couple of weeks. So once again, that is the Ninja Foodie Power Mixer System, which is an immersion blender and hand mixer combo. It's made our lives easier here at Twig Studios, so you should probably check this out. Butter, butter, butter joins the bowl. Butter, butter, butter joins the bowl. We're making us a cake that you've never seen before. We're making us a cake that you've never seen before. Heat up the oven, now we're on a roll. Heat up the oven, now we on a roll. Cheap, cheap, cheap's the name of my... Those magnificent bastards! Color me kooky, but something very odd is going on around here. You're not allowed to talk anymore. And that is going to do it for the show this week. We will be back uh, later on this week with a new Earth vs. Soup. And then uh, this following Monday, we will have our final live recording that Mike and I put together uh, of the regular show before taking our winter break. But that doesn't mean we aren't going to have lots of programming. We will still be having uh, coverage of the Game Awards plus our, our gaming picks for the year. That'll be our probably final prototype unless we have something <laughs> that we come up with uh, before the end of the year. Uh, as well as uh, the following day or two after that, we're recording our holiday gift guide and uh, that'll be released, I think, either a day later, maybe the Monday. It might go in the regular slot of where we usually have our show released. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, we have other recordings that we've, some of them we've already recorded and some of them we plan to record over the next week or two. Uh, and those are going to be a bunch of Loose Cannons, Future Imperfects, uh, and maybe a prototype. Just not 100% sure on that just yet. Uh, and those will be released basically once a week. 
uh, during our hiatus. Uh, if not in the regular uh, time slot, something like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, we'll probably throw those out uh, for everybody to listen to and have fun with. Uh, we are going to do probably a Christmas special. Birdman and I, as you heard on a previous show, we talked about maybe having some ideas for that. Maybe talking about uh, classic sitcom uh, Christmas episodes or things that that you know maybe you forgot about from your childhood that way. Uh, and uh, not sure if we're going to have anything for New Year's. Probably not. Uh, we might just take a break because it is going to be cold and and we're all going to be recovering from all that Christmas food. <laughs> so uh, we will have a major review uh, releases. It may be in, either in a review show if we collect enough stuff. If stuff comes in, which it always seems to do after a holiday gift guide that we can maybe get out before Christmas, we might do another review show like this um, maybe a week before Christmas if we have enough. If not, there will probably be one released at some point uh between christmas and when we come back at least one or two of them if stuff comes in because there's there's always a bit of a lull when it comes to games and stuff that come out in movies but there is usually some stuff that's worth uh collecting and talking about during you know that three or four weeks that we usually take our break so uh we'll keep you informed you'll know basically via our socials or an episode will just pop up into your feed so we aren't going away just taking a bit of a break and uh, then we'll come back fully recharged into 2024. So uh, hopefully you you know got some ideas of maybe things you might want to buy or, or keep an eye out for with this show here. Uh, we will be back, as I said, a uh, little later this week with our regular Earth vs. Soups, which are still coming out every Thursday. They're already scheduled and ready to go all the way through until our hiatus is over. And we'll be back uh, on Monday with the final regular show. We're going to see if we can get some news put together and some weird news that uh, might trickle in. There's there's a couple stories that are interesting. There's a local one already right now that I'm buying that uh, was kind of ridiculous. So, yeah, we'll be back a little bit later this week. And uh, until then, I'm Alex, the producer. Uh, I guess keep subscribed, keep listening, keep watching. We might do some streaming. Uh, keep up with Birdman. He's been streaming on Twitch with uh, the Game Heroes. Uh, that's been fun. I, I dropped in on one of those. Uh, they've been doing Call of Duty on there. Maybe we'll do some other stuff on uh, our main YouTube channel for that. Um, I'm going to be doing some, probably some RPG streaming on there. Uh, I'm just not sure which game just yet, but I'm going to hop back into it. It's it's still sort of a hobbyish thing, but the plan is to do significantly more of it in 2024. And I've said that the last couple of years, but we're going to ramp up a little more on the video side of things. Probably not with the actual podcast podcast but with some game streams maybe some video review content we'll see how it goes it's just we're not really abandoning uh, audio it's going to be our main bread and butter for everything but it is always nice to try something else and different so you know keep your eye on the the youtube channel for that because they seem to allow for better quality streams than twitch right now who knows we'll see what happens in 2024 but that's it i'm alex the producer we'll be back next time right here on thisweekingeek.net at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Thanks for listening to this episode of This Week in Geek. Hungry for more? Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net. You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. We would be honored if you would join us. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.